Amen. Well, I've enjoyed, really enjoyed this series of The Greatest Story Ever Told, and it'll be wrapped up tomorrow, uh, evening at 4. But <clears throat> it, was, it was really a blessing last week to be able to tell the story from uh, Gabriel's perspective and share that with you. And today we're going to be kind of uh, looking at uh, a view from the angels once again. So if you have your Bible, your phone, you can go ahead and, and uh, check into Luke uh, chapter 2. We're going to be looking at verses 8 down through 20 today uh, of the Christmas story. But um, guys, what I'd like to say to you this morning is, you know, long before there was, what do we have that announces things these days? You got Snapchat. You got Facebook. You got Instagram. I mean, the word gets out. You got texting. You got cell phones. I mean, when you find out about something, what's your first way of communicating with people? Think about it. I go back, and I remember the days, and if you go on back, it, I remember the days where there was actually a telephone on the wall with a cord, okay? And then there was actually one on a table that you actually put your finger in and you, you did the numbers. Some of y'all know what I'm talking about in the room, okay? Well, there's some in this room that still remember the Pony Express, okay? But <laughs> there was that way of communication, or there was mail. There was mail. But when you go on back, I don't know if some form of communication might have been smoke signals. Who knows? But the one thing that we do know is that back in the day, when the greatest news that had ever been given in the history of mankind, it was given by an angel. It was given by an angel. Now, with that being said, you would think that the greatest story and the greatest news that could ever be given would have been given to at least the emperor of the, the world ruler at that time, and his name was Caesar Augustus. Caesar Augustus. He's the one that, that issued the decree. You would have thought it would have certainly come to him. Or what about Quirinius, the governor of Syria? He was the ruling governor of the land at that time. Would it have come to him? Maybe Caiaphas, the high priest. Certainly it has to be the high priest in the city of Jerusalem that's going to get the message from an angel. It's got to be him. It's got to be one of the Pharisees or one of the Sadducees or the Sanhedrin. It's got to be one of the religious rulers, right? It certainly must be one of them. Now, what does God and how does God choose to communicate the most important announcement that has ever been given? He does it through an angel. And he does it outside of a town called Bethlehem. And to whom does he send that message? He sends it to, a, a sh to shepherds is who it's sent to. Shepherds who are out watching over their flock by night. Now, isn't that amazing? 
of all the people to receive this announcement is a bunch of shepherds watching over their sheep. Let me tell you something about how shepherds were viewed. They were, it was the lowliest of occupations that you could have. In fact, with our judge sitting here, their testimony was not even considered in a court of law because they were so lovely. Hmm. Now let me ask you this. Why in the world do you think the God of this universe, the God of all creation, the great I am, why would he choose to bring this message to a group such as a bunch of shepherds out in the field watching over sheep at night. Have you ever thought about that? Of all the people groups, of all the occupations, of all the ones in the world, he came to the least and he came to the lowest of all people. And he does it this way. Pick up with me in the story. It says in verse 8 of Luke's gospel, chapter 2. In the same region there were some shepherds staying out in the fields and keeping watch over their flock by night. Verse 9. And an angel of the Lord. Now I suspect this is Gabriel. Because Gabriel was given these Christmas announcements, okay? He's pretty much one of them. It doesn't mention him by name, but I suspect it was him. It says, an angel of the Lord suddenly stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. So can you imagine, guys, now we've been out, some of us men have been out there at the property after dark before, okay? We've been out there around a the campfire, and I'm sure the shepherds had a campfire going that night for their little light. But could you imagine, fellas, all of a sudden, this bright light shows up and there's a man standing there and it's an angel and the, it says the glory of the Lord shone all around them and guess what now our fellows we wouldn't be we wouldn't be terribly afraid would we no our fellows been going for the guns okay I know what the boys out there would be doing they'd be reaching for that Glock or either they'd be <laughs> be like me I'm, I'm not caring so I'd be I'd be the one going, what is happening here? What is going on? This was something they'd never seen before and never seen again. But of all the times and of all the points in history, for such a divine moment, here it was. The angel was there in the glory, and of course they were terribly frightened. And once again, the angel said to him, remember, didn't he say this last week to all three individuals, Zacharias, Joseph, and Mary, said these words, do not be afraid. For behold, I bring you good news of great joy, which shall be for all the people. Wow. Now, to me, that's the Christmas story right there. The angel announced to the shepherds, I'm bringing you good news. Do you know the word gospel? The gospels are named Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, but the word gospel means good news. 
So he's saying, I'm bringing you good news, and what this news is so good that with it, it's great joy. Now, you know, I think that's one of the things that, the, that we sometimes, uh, Satan tries to rob the Christian of, is their joy. But listen, that day, it was the good news, and it had the greatest joy. I look back here, and man, I look back there, and I see Jackson. His mama's holding him. I saw on Facebook some people have their first grandbaby and their first child. And you know, when, when we had our babies, we, I was just so excited when I had my own children. But when, I, when we had our grandchildren, it took it up a notch, okay? I'm just being honest with you. I can't imagine what great-grand's going to be. I probably won't see it, okay? But that's okay. I see it in glory. But the, the bottom line is this. It brings a family such joy when you see that. And you know what? If, if we feel that way about seeing our child, can you only imagine how God looks at us and he sees us responding to his son and he sees us responding with joy for the Lord? And that's why we sing joy to the world. The Lord has come. Let earth receive her king because the king has come. And boy, he brought the message to the least of these. But good news of great joy. And who is it for? Who is it for? What does the angel say? It's, it's for the Jews only, right? No. It's for all people. Don't you love that about this message? Good news, great joy, all people. All people. Man, I love that. Because that's, the, that's God's heart, is for all people. You know, in a world where the media and other things try to divide people groups and people from all the world. See, Jews, a lot of the Jews hated Samaritans because the Samaritan was half Jew and half Gentile, and they certainly hated Gentiles. So the people group back then was Jews, Samarian, Gentiles. But you know, in our world in time, people try to look at all of this, but listen, God has a heart for all people. It doesn't matter what people group it is. It's all people that he cares about. And this is a Savior for all people. I love that. He goes on to say in verse 11, For today in the city of David, what's the city of David? It's Bethlehem. There has been born for you. He's telling the shepherds, he's for you. The least, the lowest, for you. A Savior who is Christ the Lord. Now Caleb made mention of that word while ago, Savior. You know, the, the bad news is, and it's the truth, we all need a Savior. But the good news is, God has sent us a Savior. Amen. <laughs> and listen... What's he, what, what is he a savior for? The bottom line is all of us in this room have sinned. We've all sinned. We've all fallen short of God's glory. And that's what man must recognize. That's what the world must hear. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm hearing a lot of people out there talking, and there's a lot of people not wanting to admit their need for a savior. They don't even want to include the name of Jesus in things, much less 
knowing that he is a savior. But he is a savior for our sins. And then it goes on to say that he is savior and he is Christ. Why is that significant? That the angel said these words to him. He's a savior. He's Christ. The word Christ actually means Messiah. The anointed one. He is the one. He's the chosen one. He's the one that the world is looking for. The Messiah. And then he gives the title to him. He is Lord. He is Lord. And can, don't you love that? You gotta love when it's, it's describing a child, a baby. He is the Savior. He is the Messiah. And he is Lord. Is who he is. Wow. This is the greatest story that has ever been told. And you know what? I love this about the angel. He, he gave the others some clues and signs, and he didn't leave these shepherd boys out. He said, I'm going to give you a sign. This will be your sign. For today, you're going to find a sign. You'll find a baby, and this is what's going to happen. He's going to be wrapped in clothes, and he's going to be laying in a manger, a food trough, a feed trough, Okay. Now, that, that makes sense. Now, there can't be too many babies born in Bethlehem at that time. But the sign was he's going to be wrapped in clothes. And he's going to be laying over here in a feed trough. There's your sign. He'll be the one. Wow. So the shepherds heard that. And then it said, right after the, the angel said these words, verse 13, suddenly there appeared with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among men with whom he is pleased. So not only did these shepherd men get an announcement from an angel, the greatest announcement ever given, they also got to hear the heavenly choir sing glory to God in the highest. You know what? These, these were the ones that had to take a break out of heaven from praising the Father to come to this earth to now praise the Son. And they were singing glory to God in the highest. And can you only imagine, fellas, if we'd have been sitting out at the property and something like this went down? Can you only imagine? What would we do? Well, it's time to just go back home and think about this, isn't it? What do you think we should do, fellas? Well, the, it said the shepherds began to look at one another, and they began to reason, and they, they began to talk, and here's what they did. How did they respond? It said, when the angels had gone away, the shepherds said to one another, let us go straight to Bethlehem, and let us see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. They didn't beat around the bush. They went immediately now I, I know don't I know shepherds usually put somebody in charge of the sheep if they're going to leave them I don't know how all that got worked up or I don't they might have been so excited they just left the sheep but the truth is they went to Bethlehem and they went looking and let's pick up in the story it says so they came in a hurry and they found their way to Mary and Joseph and the baby as he lay in the manger. And there's their sign. It's him. And when they had seen this, 
they made known the statement which had been told them about this child. So what statement was that, church? The statement was this. I bring you good news of great joy, which shall be for all the people. For today in the city of David there has been born for you a Savior who is Christ the Lord. That's the statement. And they shared that with Joseph and Mary. And let's keep going. Man, this is so good. They shared everything that had been known to them about this child. And it says, And all who heard it was wondering at the things which were told them by the shepherds. In verse 19, But Mary, she treasured all these things, pondering them in her heart. Now we can only imagine on that night as these shepherds arrived and they began to share the news, hey guys, you will, we were told that this is him. An angel appeared to us and said, this is the Christ. This is the Messiah. This, he is Lord. And our sign was we were going to find him wrapped and closed and laid here in a feeding trough. Can you only imagine the dialogue that must have happened in that, in that setting? Mary had to have obviously been thinking, you know what? An angel appeared to me too. An angel appeared to me. An angel told me, a virgin, that I was going to have a baby. And I didn't even know a man. And then God's Holy Spirit came over me and I conceived and here he is. And Joseph had to be going, an angel appeared to me too. In a dream. And he told me, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife. For that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. And you're going to have a son, going to call his name Jesus. And he's going to save his people from their sins. So can you imagine the dialogue as all of them were telling their story of what was going on? That Mary just heard all of this. And the shepherds were going, man, we're just telling, us, telling you what happened to us, but we see the proof right here. And Mary, she just pondered all of it in her heart. Now, you know, us, us men, when, when, we have, when you have a son, you know, I remember I've had three, and I remember when the first one was born, we didn't know what it was going to be. And I was, I was thinking it was going to be a boy. But I remember when Caleb was born that the doctor actually pulled him out and held him up and said, it's a girl. I remember that. It's clear as day. And I looked and went, it's a boy. Because <laughs> I knew the difference at that point, okay. <laughs> and it's a boy. And I was so excited. And I remember looking and thinking, and I looked straight at my wife, and tears began to flow. Joseph and Mary, they didn't need a sonogram. They didn't need to go get an ultrasound. They didn't need all that. Why? Because the angel had already told them, you're going to have a boy. And not only are you having a son, he's going to be the Christ, the Messiah, the Savior of the world. 
Can you only imagine what that setting must have been like? And of all places, you would have certainly thought that the God of all creation, the Lord of all the universe, would have made reservations for his own son. You would have thought he'd have had a room ready for him in Bethlehem, wouldn't you? Listen, when Caesar Augustus made this proclamation, he had no clue. He had no clue. None whatsoever when he issued that decree that everybody must go and register in their hometown. But God used that to bring Joseph and Mary to the little old town of Bethlehem. And God, knowing everything in advance, he could have arranged for Jesus to have been born in a palace and had everything announced in all pleasure given to his son. But there was the Messiah, the king of all kings, in a feed trough in Bethlehem of Judea. Now, if that isn't the greatest story ever told, I don't know what is. That God would humble himself and love you and me so much that he would bypass all of that and just humbly come in the form of a baby and put him in a feed trough you know that feed trough reminds me of two things number one Jesus said I am the bread of life he that eats of me will never hunger again and number two there were animals there and he was also what the lamb of God and he's the lamb of God who's come to take away the sin of the world so God does everything for a reason. We may not understand it, but I think he did it to show all of us. It doesn't matter where you come from. From the least to the greatest, God's heart is to stoop down the lowest to provide salvation to you and me. Now that is love, and that's the greatest story ever told. Let's pray. Father, thank you for the powerful story of Christmas. Thank you for loving us. Thank you for giving us everything we would ever need, a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And I pray for every family that's in this room today. And I pray for those families that are out on the road and traveling that are with us, that this Christmas season, Lord, with all the, the gatherings and the festivities and all the gift openings and presents and joy and laughter, that we will always remember the greatest story ever told. I guess.